Next on BYU Sports Nation, overreaction Monday. BYU football reeling after being super dominated by LSU. ESPN's Trevor Maddox will join us and talk about the beatdown in the Bayou. How does BYU get the offense going? And in a twist of irony, Taysom Hill makes an NFL roster, but not in Green Bay. How does he feel about the Superdome? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 4th. Hope you're enjoying your Labor Day holiday. We are working for you, people. Let's go, Labor Day! Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with my co-host on this show of now four years. Oh, I forgot that today's the anniversary. Wow. High five. High five. Enjoy the journey. Four years ago today, we began this show in BYU Radio Studios, Labor Day 2013. BYU had just lost to a terrible Virginia team, 1916. So the week after playing their worst game of the year, the Cougars played their best game of the year against Texas. Oh, I, I see where you're going. What happens after the LSU debacle? I wish that BYU was playing Texas this week. We lost <laughs> to Maryland. Yeah, can we, can we dish up Texas, please? Yeah. Can we replace Texas with, uh, yeah, or Utah with Texas? Just saying. I want to play Utah this week. Uh, we'll get into that. And much. I want to play Utah this week. It is a loaded show today. I mean, loaded. ESPN's Trevor Maddich going to tell us where he starts to address the long list of concerns for BYU football and your overreactions, which are or are they hot or takes, they? and some of them we'll discuss. Yeah, we'll might be right on point. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU falls twenty-seven. 27- Nothing to LSU on Saturday in the Superdome in New Orleans. The Cougars shut out for the second time in three years. BYU had just 97 yards of total offense, never crossed the 50-yard line. Head, head coach Kalani Satake said, yeah, it's time for the offense to figure things out. Oh, we need to get better. And, um, yeah, yeah we, we have to figure this out now. And, and uh, this is getting frustrating, but I promise you that, that – this is going to be something that we're going to address right away. Amen to that. And you want to bring some real emotion into that soundbite? Oh, I know what to do. Let's throw our sad piano music behind that. Oh, we need to get better. And, um, yeah, yeah we, we have to figure this out now. And, and uh, this is getting frustrating, but I promise you that, that this is going to be something that we're going to address right away. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much better. <laughs> It's a very serious matter, but it's hard not it to li- laugh when like, you put the sad like, piano music Like, yes it. and no, right? There's more to life than uh, BYU football, but yes. not much. Needed levity. <laughs> Needed levity I, okay. after that game. Tradition, by the way, when BYU has a significant loss, I always wear black. So it's 95 degrees out. <laughs> Luckily, I'm indoors, but I've got, I've got my sports black sweater on today. Good gravy. I do love sports a lot, so I wanted to wear it today. We start to find out some things in what I believe will be a season-defining week for BYU football. Well, Wisconsin is next week, so you better get a win this week. Watch BYU's Monday press conference set for 1.50 p.m. Eastern on the BYU football Facebook page. 
And, and Coordinator's Corner, hosted by your boy, Spencer Linton. Today, 2 Eastern time, Gregor Bell in Boulder, hanging out with the women's soccer team, calling a match, coming up 3 Eastern time. You can also watch uh, Coordinator's Corner on the BYU Football Facebook page, as well as listen to it on BYU Radio. Ed Lamb and Ty Detmer. Oh, there's some questions to ask today. Like listen I said, to that it's show. a loaded Monday. Listen slash watch that show. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, one of a few Cougars to make the NFL's 53-man rest for each team. Green Bay Packers uh, kept Williams, of course, but cut quarterback Taysom Hill. Oh, no! So he went on the waiver wires, and the Latter-day Saint was picked up by the New Orleans Saints. Oh, yes! As the third-string quarterback. So the, the mecca of BYU football was the Superdome. Thursday, three Ravens. Three BYU Ravens play there. Unfortunately, two were cut. Saturday, BYU plays there, kind of. And then Sunday, Taysom Hill is picked up by the Saints. The Superdome was the mecca of BYU football. (laughs) How about that? What about the Patriots? Harvey Longy made the roster. Not a surprise. Joining Kyle Van Noy, Michael Davis was cut by the L.A. Chargers, but assigned to the practice squad. He cleared waivers. We're still awaiting word on Kai Nakua's situation with the Cleveland Browns. Because he didn't make the 53, he was cut, but we're thinking he's going to make the practice squad or be picked up by somebody else. Somebody. We'll see. Yeah. I think he's an NFL safety. I think he is. 10th-ranked BYU women's volleyball won the Boise State Classic with wins over Boise State, Missouri, and Sacramento State over the weekend. By the way, the Cougars had one hitting error against <laughs> Sacramento State. That's one. ridiculous. What? The Cougars are 6-0 and this season. Oh, it's good to be in the top 10, isn't it? BYU women's soccer played a tough game but lost to top-ranked UCLA 1-0 on Friday night. The ladies back at it today at number 21-ranked Colorado, 3 Eastern. In fact, that game begins on BYU Radio with Greg Rebell and Paige Hunt immediately following an interesting coordinator's corner. It's loaded today, man. Yes, yes. There's a lot going on. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Overreaction Monday. BYU football loses to 13th-ranked LSU 27-0 on Saturday night in New Orleans. Sound the alarms. It's time for hot takes, but not before our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Saturday was the third time BYU's been shut out since 1975. What? 03 Utah, 2015 Michigan, 2017 LSU. For a long time, BYU had, like, it was like 300 plus games. BYU had this NCAA record shutout streak. Now BYU's been shut out uh, two times in the last three seasons. Everybody has an opinion, especially today. Also, some extra time on the holiday to offer it up. So answer today's Twitter question, won't you? What is your overreaction to the state of BYU football after two games? Use hashtag BYUSN at Toby Mac. Is it an overreaction to still feel confident that we are going to beat Utah this week? Hashtag BYUSN. Mm, yes, we'll get to answering that question and Great question. a few others in our list of Monday overreactions. Ben Bagley joining us for the fun. Ben, overreaction number one, please. All right, let's get ready. Buckle down because here we go. Overreactions. This is what we can expect from the BYU offense for the rest of the season. Holy cow. Well, first of all, let's hear from the head ball coach in response to that. It, it just it just wasn't good. It just we couldn't get any momentum going, and yet, yet again we've played we've played uh, two games and just don't know what our identity is on offense. You know, uh, we don't have Taysom and Jamal to bail us out now, so uh, we, we need guys to step up. 
Is this what BYU can expect all year from the BYU offense? I don't think so. Let's let's. I, I think it's an overreaction. Let's pause for a second for station identification. No, just kidding. L- BYU probably was going to lose to LSU. Okay, it's the way in which they lost that kind of changed the dynamic of everything here. Coupled with what On happened heel- against Portland State. Yes, exactly. So I think BYU's offense will be better. In fact, it can't be worse than the LSU game. They didn't even cross the 50. Yes. Is it possible that BYU played their worst offensive game of the year against yes! maybe the best team they will face all year? They didn't cross the 50. You literally can't get worse than that. It was, well, you could just turn it over on every kickoff. It You're was right. the worst possible scenario for BYU. What, yes, what could not happen, happened. The offense didn't show Michigan up. Michigan happened again. Against what? a really good defense. What did I say last week that was my worst nightmare? That this would be a repeat of the 2015 Michigan game. And Yeah, I had a nightmare. I, and it happened Saturday night. You, live, you sent a message to me on Sunday morning that said, oh, I had the weirdest dream last night. Woke up, BYU didn't score, didn't cross the 50. It was super, super, like, ugh, awful. What a terrible situation. <laughs> what a terrible situation. Yeah, no, no, no. So that's an overreaction to me. Worst offensive game of the year against maybe the best team BYU will face year? all year. One of the worst in BYU history. Yes, like it's not going to get worse than that. So It won't get worse than that. Are you really expecting that from the BYU offense all year? <laughs> Stop it. All year? When BYU Stop. plays San Jose State, Stop I it. promise you they'll cross the 50. <laughs> Number two. So you're saying when they play San Jose State, they'll cross 50 at yes. least once. At least, Just yes. once. At, Just least. Once. at least seven times. Okay, feeling better now. Let's get to number two. We've already seen the best Tanner Mangum has to offer. Now, this is an interesting question. Uh, Nebraska, Boise State, those were some incredible showings. Yeah, how do you... In terms of individual plays, right? Yeah. UCLA, he played a pretty good game, I thought, 2015. Are we comparing... Tanner Mangum in a different offense to Tanner Mangum in a new like is, a is this the best is this the best that we have seen from Tanner Mangum in the new offense or is this the best that we have seen from Tanner Mangum overall? I I think like I don't okay I'm gonna say that that is not an uh, that is not an overreaction to me because that was pretty good for Tanner Mangum 3300 passing yards 23 touchdowns I would I would like to see that again this season I would take that I'm not asking for more I'm asking for equal. Three starts under Ty Detmer in the pro-style offense. Has not passed for over 200 yards. Granted, the Poinsettia Bowl was super weird, and BYU had the Jamal fence. It was Okay, three, three starts under Ty Detmer. 55% passer, two picks, two touchdowns, 5.9 yards per attempt. Those, are, those aren't good numbers. Those aren't good numbers. I, I think that Tanner Mangum can be better, and he needs to be better. And I think he is better. I think that we will see a lot more from Tanner Mangum, specifically in the Ty Detmer offense. In terms of like overall numbers, like he had a really, really successful freshman season. That would be great if he could reach one of those, you know, some of those numbers in this new offense, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. LSU is stinking good. Oh my goodness. Like a lot of this has to do with BYU, sure. But let's not let's acknowledge what LSU is. That's a legit top 15 team. That, that's as hard a game as BYU's played in a long time. In fact, you throw some of the best BYU offenses up against that LSU defense, it still would have been a tough game. All right. Overreaction number three. Ty Detmer, at this point, needs to reevaluate 
everything. I don't know that this is an overreaction. No, this is to me this is spot on. In fact, Kalani Stake said as much. We're going to look at everything. Especially offensively. After the game, Kalani Stake was very frank in his conversation with Greg Rebell and Mark Lyons on the BYU Sports Network talking about, "Hey, the offense needs to, you know, take it up a notch. We need to find playmakers. We need a run game. We need to be better in the past. Everything. Yes. I, I think this is uh, uh, an accurate reaction. Ty Detmer is thorough. He's already looked at everything and will continue to break down any and every play from this game, Portland State. Like, a lot is happening right now. So, no, I don't think this is an overreaction. He has already begun the reevaluation period. They evaluate everything every week. Exactly. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, was this on me? I called for 17-plus, and I was unfortunately correct. I was trying to reverse curse it, yeah. but it reversed, reversed cursed. Does that make sense? Man. How do we control I can't the 17-plus curse? I can't not not say it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just let that soak in. <laughs> I mean, time of possession, 42 minutes to 18. 38 plays for BYU? 75 like, for LSU. Like, pocket that one as, yeah, we're probably not going to see that one again. And I'm talking about the Michigan game. And then it happened, unfortunately, again. But, he, but here you go. You got to just, just pick up the pieces and go to work this week because it's a different challenge. But this we know. If BYU plays offense like they did on Saturday, they're in serious trouble. Well, but Ellis, the defenses aren't going to be at that same level. But Utah's still good on defense. Wisconsin's really good on defense. That's a top 10 team. Mississippi State's going to be tough. There's some tough games. Like, when BYU lost to Michigan and then went on a run of like 7 of 8. They, they played were, bad teams. They were playing this schedule, man. So BYU's really got to crank it up this week. Now, I know that reevaluating everything includes, obviously, Tanner Mangum as the starting quarterback. And I'm just going to say this one time. Stop it. Stop it. You can't bench Tanner Mangum after the LSU game. Stop it. Give it some more time. I think there is a He big... needs to play better, but I agree with you. He's the starter. Yeah. I think there is yeah. a bigger concern behind Tanner Mangum, which brings us to overaction number four. BYU's running back by committee is a failure. No, stop I... failure. Go Accurate ahead. to this point, okay? It has not worked. BYU has not been able to run the ball to the degree they They were okay to good somewhere in that range against Portland State. Obviously, negative five rushing yards, two sacks don't help that. But still, negative five rushing yards, the lowest since 03 against Stanford, by the way. Thank you, Ralph Sokolowski, on that one. Yeah, by committee. L- listen, we thought that these there would be a committee. No Riley Burt. Publicly don't know why. Okay, K.J. Hall, by the way, looked like he got hurt. He, he may have injured his arm, seriously. Ula Tolutau has been banged Ula up. Ula Tolutau, where you at? One carry. Squally candidate, Kavik Fonua, who, by the way, Fonua got injured in the game. Knocked banged out. up a little bit. <sighs> wow. The BYU has some real issues at running back right now. Not, not only with health, but with production. Coach Satake might be on to something. Listen to this. We're looking at, at trying to do things by committee, and I, I'm not sure if that's a great idea. You know, I, I just don't know if we have a. Uh, I think it's hard to replace Jamal, but it's it's uh, it's even more difficult if you don't have guys that you just know are going to get or every down guys. I don't care who your quarterback is. If you can't run the ball, you're in trouble. You are in big 
trouble. If the Patriots can't run the ball, Tom Brady will not be as successful. If the Packers can't run the ball, Aaron Rodgers won't be as successful. BYU needs to figure something out, and Coach Take knows it. You just heard it from more overreactions coming up in 20 minutes, including BYU against Utah and what happens now, and will BYU go to a bowl game? Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. It's Twitter time. What's your overreaction to the state of BYU football after two games? At Lacey Dentist says BYU has played the bluff game perfectly and saved its explosive offense for game three. <laughs> that's Hey, that's the hope, man. BYU's just just waiting for the Utah game Send for the offense up. to come out. <laughs> More of your overreactions. We'll read your tweets. But first, ESPN College football analyst Trevor Maddich joins us to discuss the defeat of BYU against LSU. What's his number one concern? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation is bumping right now on Twitter. Hot takes, overreactions all over the place. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN to be heard. Hey, tomorrow's Super Tuesday. And uh, there's lots to discuss this week. Obviously, LSU and Utah coming up. So starts at 6 Eastern with BYU Sports Nation, 7 Eastern after further review, 8 Eastern, BYU football with Kalani Satake. Hear what the coach has to say, you know, three days later. Uh, the guys will break it down on uh, AFR as well. And, of course, we're every day. So awesome. Can't wait for Super Tuesday tomorrow night. Starts at 6 Eastern. Such a compelling week given everything that has happened in the last 48 hours. What is your overreaction to the state of BYU football after two games? At BRB Creative says, I'd like to see what Riley Burt could do and if he provides a spark. What that could do to ignite the rest of the offense. Where is he? He was asked but didn't really answer. I don't know. After the game. And BYU, let's be clear, BYU has put out a new mandate. They are not going to offer any information on any of those injury situations. Or or suspensions, right? Un- unless it's season ending. Unless it's season ending. So it's hard to know exactly what's going on with certain personnel. Uh, new rule from the team. Not for public consumption. So, yeah, who kno- Who knows? Joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline is ESPN college football analyst and national champion Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome back to the show. I wish we were talking under different circumstances, but let's face it, it was ugly on Saturday night. What's your diagnosis of BYU's performance against LSU? Well, you know, overall, this was an outstanding LSU team, and I think we'll find out as the SEC season rolls forth that this this team was really, really good. And I think in the draft, you'll see a lot of these guys are going to the NFL. So let's start with the fact that BYU went into an outstanding football team that was energized by a brand-new coaching staff. So we start there. And then you look at the way the defense played. I am really proud of the defense. They fought like crazy against a, a bunch of NFL guys pounding the ball at them, one of the best running backs in the country and Darius Geis with no support from their own offense. I mean, typically you'll have an offense that'll string together some first downs, that'll they'll sustain some drives to give the defense a chance to rest. Well, very early on, that BYU defense had way too many plays with way too little rest. And still, there were four LSU drives where they got inside the 20. 
that BYU shut them out of the end zone. There were three field goal attempts and, a, and a, basically a goal line stand. They, they stopped them on fourth down. Four times, even though they had very little rest, they still mustered up the ability to, to hold them out of the end zone. And so overall, I, I, the way that they fought, really on both sides of the ball for the most part, but especially on defense, is something that I think BYU fans should never lose in the side of the final score and how bad it felt. I mean, they, they really played their hearts out. Well, and Darius guys took to social media on Saturday night or Sunday morning and said, all the credit to BYU football. They made us earn everything we got. And it should have been 20 points if there's not a fourth and one fake pun inside your own 15, right? And whatever. You, you lose by 20, you move on. The real issue, though, and you talked about it, the defense was pretty good, actually, all, all things considered, given how much they were on the field. Offensively, BYU didn't even cross the 50. Where do you start – uh, in, in trying to improve this BYU offense, Trevor? Well, this was a game that required the BYU offense to be very efficient in the passing game in order to have a chance. Efficient means throw the ball to a spot on time to a receiver who's trusted to get to that spot and win that football. This is not a defense that a quarterback can look around, find a guy, and then once he sees him open, throw the ball there because he's not going to see them open. If they are open, they won't stay open for long. And so, you know, that was really the big problem with the offense, and the dominoes fell from there. The passing game was very, very inefficient. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. How would you assess the play of Tanner Mangum after the LSU game? Tanner Mangum, I think we we, we said before the season that, that I still don't know how good Tanner Mangum really is. And I believe he's very good. But I think it will take time for him to really develop the skill beyond talent, the skill to run this offense correctly at game speed. When he stepped off the plane from his mission to to Chile his freshman year a couple years ago and started throwing Hail Marys that got him on the Sports Center's top 10, you know, how much of that was talent and how much of that was just blessings for a mission well served? Uh, You know, I I don't know. (laughs) But that wasn't a timing rhythm offense. That was just drop back, see somebody, throw the ball up there. This offense requires that he read the defense pre-snap, then read the defense some more after the snap to see what was a disguise and what is actually what they're doing, then apply the principles of his progression by the time he gets to the back of his drop. Then when that back foot hits the back of his drop, he's got to throw it right now to the right spot, uh, whether or not the receiver's there. And so he, he's got two disadvantages there. First of all, this is only his second game ever operating this kind of, a, of an offense as, as the starter, as the man. And the second problem is he doesn't know which receivers he can count on to be in the right spot. You know, there's, there's only one interception, I think, in the last two games, right, that he threw? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm correct about that. Yes. And I think part of that is that he's waiting a little bit too long to make sure that the receiver's where he's supposed to be before he throws the ball. Well, that, that way he's not throwing it to a spot where there's, it's the right spot, but the only guy there is a defensive back who will pick it up and take it for six points. So I think he right now is kind of in this little, this little vortex of, of – trust with his receivers and familiarity with what needs to happen in the offense. So, you know, I think Tanner Mangum is, I think he will evolve and develop the skills, but it's not just Tanner that you can point to. It's also the receivers because the timing offense requires both. And that quarterback is reluctant to throw the ball unless he knows or he trusts that a receiver will be in the right spot.
Meanwhile, BYU has an issue at running back. They obviously had negative five yards rushing. That doesn't help with a couple of sacks, including the intentional grounding and whatnot. But BYU was expecting Ula Tolutau and Riley Burt to have a role on this offense, K.J. Hall. We've mostly seen Squally Canada and Kavika Fonua, and we haven't seen a lot of rushing yards. What are your thoughts on the BYU running back situation right now? Well, they're still trying to find that guy that will rise up and, and be the guy. And, you know, it's at game speed, a running back will just see where the hole is, put his foot in the ground, and hit it 100 miles an hour. And they've got to find that guy that will do that. I think the backs have been a little tentative in the first two games. And, by the way, that includes against Portland State. There were some good runs against Portland State. But there were also some, some tentative runs where the back was just kind of waiting to see about the hole. As a team like LSU, you can't wait. You have to trust the call, you have to see the hole, and you have to hit it hard because it will be small. And it doesn't matter, you have to hit it. And it might not exist at all. Well, then you have to hit it hard and try to drive forward for a yard or two and then and go again. And they're waiting to see, not waiting to see. They're, they're giving the backs a chance to see which of the guys that will actually do that because this offensive line is a good offensive line. I think they performed better in week two than they did in week one Against Portland State, the offensive line missed some assignments, and they, they weren't really playing together as well as they could have, but it was the opener. In this game, the offensive line, you could see the improvement there. Now the backs need to trust that and hammer it home. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, college football insider on BYU Sports Nation. Now here comes Utah to Provo, riding a six-game win streak against BYU. What do you expect to happen on Saturday night when blue and red clash at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? It's a real gut check for the Cougars because they are coming off of a brutally physical game against one of the best teams in the nation, a team that can stand toe-to-toe with Alabama and does year in and year out. Utah's coming off Anthony and FCS school. So from a standpoint of just the physical readiness, I think Utah has a big advantage. But also, Utah's quarterback last week did a pretty good job. He completed over 70% of his passes against an FCS school. But it's been a while since they've had a passer that they can really trust. And they've had the the players at the line of scrimmage to be able to compete in the Pac-12. But they just haven't had the quarterback. Well, now we'll see what happens at that position. You know, last week, Tanner Mangum had to be the best quarterback on the field in order to beat LSU. This week, he's got to be the best quarterback on the field for them to beat Utah as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup shakes out. What do you think BYU does better than Utah? Not a lot of volume to look at, but what do you you think? Well, I think BYU uh, is catching up to Utah in the most important ways, and that is the line of scrimmage. I, I like BYU's line of scrimmage. We talked about the offensive line. The defensive line is... Is, has good depth. I mean, they're good and solid. They're, they're steady. And they have a couple of guys in Taki Taki and Kafusi that could rise up to be real stars, real star playmakers on the D-line. Well, that usually is where, where Utah makes its living. And I think BYU is catching up to that point. And I think ultimately BYU has a good chance to surpass them because as they develop along that defensive line to where Utah has always been, I think BYU has been a team that's always been able to recruit quarterbacks that can throw very, very well. And I think, I think BYU will always be better, not always, but often better at quarterbacks. So as the line of scrimmage becomes more on par with Utah, 
you know, I think they've got a chance to, to get back to where, you know, it's more of an equal series. And I, I do believe that Tanner Mangum will develop into that quarterback this year. I really do. Just people need to understand that this kind of offense is not a typical college offense. A typical college offense, the quarterback makes one read and goes, either runs or throws or whatever. It's a run-pass option. It's a zone read. It's a, it's, a, it's a running back with an arm playing quarterback. A pro-style offense requires a lot more choreography and a lot more information to process. But once you get that down, then you can attack opposing defenses in ways that a typical college quarterback and a typical college offense can't even fathom. So people need to understand that last year they tailored the offense to Taysom Hill. This is the second game with Tanner Mangum as a starter with that rhythm passing. And so it will take time for them to develop. And so, you know, I, I, think, I think they have a chance to get back on top of Utah. Will it be this year? I don't know. But I like the trajectory of the team, and I would not panic because of what happened against LSU. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us. It feels like all is forgiven for the LSU game if BYU beats Utah because of everything else that factors into this game. Let's say you're in the locker room before this game starts speaking to BYU. What are you saying to this team following LSU going into Utah? I I would say, men, forget LSU. Matter of fact, I kind of said this a long time ago. I'd say the only, the only game that matters is this game. The only play that matters in this game is the next play. The play you're running right now is the entire universe. LSU doesn't exist in the past. Wisconsin doesn't exist in the future. The net play after this doesn't exist, and the play before this doesn't exist. Treat this play like it is his own world with no history and no future. This play, this play only, give it everything you've got for the man on your right and on your left, and everything will be fine. Great stuff, Let's Trevor. Go! Let's go. Let's go. BYU, I can promise you, is anxious to erase the uh, feelings that follow the LSU game, and why not uh, play that for, for the team? We might just sneak that into the locker room, Trevor. Well, there you go. You know, I didn't, I didn't jump off the walls. You know, I didn't want to didn't want to break the microphone or anything else, but the concept, the concept remains, remains the same. And I, I know there's a lot of negative, negative feelings out there right now, but don't have those negative feelings. You know, the, the, the team is on, a, is on a good path. It just feels really bad right now. Great stuff. Great perspective. Trevor, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What is your overreaction to the state of BYU football after two games played in 2017, at Wazi 10 says, who cares? Let's reset and get ready for Utah. Go Cougs. BYU was probably going to lose to LSU anyway. Like, we almost forget that fact. You know what I mean? Like, that was going to be a huge win if they pulled it off. Coming up, find out who won Fantasy Friday. But first, what's your overreaction to the last two BYU football games? More of your hot takes next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Drown your sorrows in good food. That is a key to life, people. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're glad to have you with us on Labor Day. Hope you're enjoying the holiday. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And today you can watch the BYU Football Weekly Press Conference coming up at 1.50 Eastern Time on the BYU Football Facebook page. 
Then you can also pull up a different browser and watch Coordinator's Corner on the same BYU football Facebook page. Yeah, I misspoke earlier. It's Elisa Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator, Ty Detmer, not oh, Ed Lamb today. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So Coach Tuiaki, Coach Detmer. It's always two of the three. So there you go. Fantastic hour, and do you think Would that— Would you say it's the best hour of coordinators on BYU radio? <laughs> Would you say— Yes. Is that a safe assumption? Yes, yes. Okay. I'll, we'll go ahead and uh, throw that out there and just run with it, okay? Check it. Sounds good. Yeah. Join me for Coordinator's Corner on BYU Radio. You think they have a few questions, uh, the fans, maybe, that is? Maybe I'll have lunch over there and hang out with you. JCW's is not a bad place. Can someone, is someone going to pay for me so I can go over <laughs> to JCW? <laughs> Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU falls 27 nothing. To LSU on Saturday in New Orleans. We just spoke with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Why he's not even close to hitting the panic button right now. Download the podcast. Cougars shut out for just a second time in three years. BYU, 97 yards of total offense. Never crossed the 50. Head coach Kalani Sitake, I believe near a piano, said it's time for the offense to figure things out. Oh, we need to get better. And... Um... Yeah, yeah we, we have to figure this out now, and, and uh, this is getting frustrating, but I promise you that, that this is going to be something that we're going to address right away. I can't listen to that now. <laughs> I can't listen to the piano music. It's, uh, it's, in reality, it stinks, okay? Yeah, it does. It stinks. I'm just, but, but we need levity after I'm trying a game to laugh like that. to keep from crying. Yes, exactly. Needed levity. Let's talk about some good things. Uh, Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, one of a couple of BYU players to make the uh, an NFL 53-man roster. Of course, he made the Packers. But the Packers chose to cut Taysom Hill. So what happened? The New Orleans Saints picked up your boy Taysom Touchdown Hill as Who the that? string quarterback. That's Who that right. nation? Undrafted free agent Harvey Long, he also made the Patriots. That's awesome. Joining uh, Kyle Vannoy. Michael Davis is on the Chargers practice squad. Jordan Leslie, Mitch Matthews, DeAndre Wesley, Robertson Daniel, and Kai Nakua all cut from their respective teams. Hopefully they join practice squads. Yeah, squad I would imagine that a few of those guys will be on practice squads. Which isn't a bad spot to be. I think the minimum's 6000 bucks a week for those guys. Oh, yeah. I could handle that, right? I could handle that. 10th-ranked BYU women's volleyball still undefeated. They dominated the Boise State Classic with wins over Boise State, Missouri, and Sacramento State. In fact, the Cougars had one hitting error all match against Sacramento State. That is bonkers. 6-0. 6-0, ranked number 10. We'll see if they climb in the polls. And BYU women's soccer lost to top-ranked UCLA 1-0 Friday night. Record crowd, by the way, of like 5,400. 5,700. 5,700. They just added 400 people. 1-0 loss. BYU had a couple of opportunities there. Tremendous match. Uh, tough loss, but BYU back at it today. 21st-ranked Colorado, 3 Eastern time. On the road, you can listen to it on BYU Radio and the app. Things don't get easier for BYU soccer this Jeez. week. Utah also ranked and oh, coming Friday to night. Southfield on Friday. Friday night, it's Utah. Saturday night, it's Utah. It's a Utah weekend. Let's go. In Provo. So BYU, while winless through their first four matches, they have played fourth-ranked Penn State, number one-ranked UCLA. They take on 21st-ranked Colorado today, and I believe 14th-ranked Utah later this week. It's time. They ain't scared. It is time. What is your overreaction to the state of BYU football, the other football, after two Spencer, games? The football. Yeah, the real football. Oops.
It's, we call it soccer. We're living in the United States of America. Yes, yes. At Price Tyson 97530. It does not matter if you win or lose. All that matters is that you do the best you do and have fun and are kind with everyone. Now that is there's yeah. I okay, that's one that's one opinion. That that is yeah. I wish it were that simple. Yeah. I Aww. wish it were that yeah, exactly. Yeah. My emotion to that. Winning does matter. Winning does matter. It does. Jobs are on the line. Although I have been saying to my child, did you did you lose? And if so, did you do your best? You know, that's like the motto. But I don't think BYU did their best. That's the so, thing. Yeah. Now I understand like it if you lose, but like you give everything that you can and you look like you're just out there battling, then it's a different feeling. And I think people moral are, victory exactly. People are not freaking but out. There's no. There was no moral victory. Like from they that are, there was zero moral victory. Delete next. The closest thing yeah. to it was well, I guess the BYU defense was on the field for 42 minutes and they only gave up 27 points. Like, but that's not that. Even that's not a true moral victory. Yeah, I ain't going there. What are your overreactions to the state of BYU football after two games? We have our list of overreactions, and we will continue that conversation now. Ben Bagley, join us, won't you, once again for number five. Sure, I'd love to. I like overreactions. The BYU defense will struggle to stop the run all year long. Come on. Overreaction. Come on. BYU returns some key pieces of the number nine ranked rush defense. LSU had the best running back BYU's going to face this year. Like, he's one of the best three in college football or something. And the defense was on the field for 42 minutes. The offense can say, yeah, can help the defense out a little bit. They don't rush for 296 if they're not on the field for 42 minutes. Yeah, it's hard to judge the defense based on that. Here's what Kalani Sitake said about them. It's hard to evaluate it when when uh, there's so so much there's little rest on that side, and we couldn't generate anything on the offensive side, which is going to affect your defense. And and um, you know they had 75 plays on offense, and we had 38. I want I want to add something to this. Fred Warner tweeted Saturday night, 11:47. Don't point any fingers. We lost this game as a team, point blank. We're moving on. We're coming with that heat next week. Be ready. Mm. So mm. the defense isn't going, hey, offense, hook a brother up, man. Get a first down across the 50. Like, that rhetoric is not happening with the, within the team. Okay, The BYU defense will have success. Uh, again, they played the best running back, running backs that they will face all year on Saturday night, and it just so happened to be the worst offense performance for BYU that we will see all year. So they were on the field a long time. That you can see, period. That's as bad as it gets. It won't get worse. That is as bad as it gets. It will not. That was worse worse. offensively than Michigan. Less yards and against Michigan, BYU crossed the 50 at least once. But that brings us to what happens on Saturday night. Number six. It's the last overreaction. I'm not sure I can take anymore. So let's just end on this one. (laughs) (sighs) Might as well not even play Saturday. Utah's going to blow them out. (laughs) Oh, stop it. Stop it. You know what Vegas thinks? Point and a half, BYU. Fave right now. Don't. Point and a half. Don't question those dudes in Vegas. It's, it's for me. That's like it's one of those situations where I'm like, huh? Yeah. I, what? But they know things, man. It's weird. Yeah. They know things. Um. Yeah. Exactly. It's creepy sometimes how accurate they are. I was like, what door just opened to what room? What's going on? <laughs> 
to Thriller. That's I believe that's what what it, what it was. <laughs> I'm excited that BYU is playing Utah. I'm going to more on that this week. I'm, like I think this is the perfect game for BYU to play. This point week. this out. Okay, after BYU had the debacle against Virginia in 2013, they got blown out by Texas. Right? Yeah. No, no. Oh, new starting quarterback. Wait, what, uh, oh wait, what? Uh, and then in 2015, BYU came home after getting crushed by Michigan and uh, just were horrible. They played Connecticut. 30-13 to 13 win. A little different than Utah. True. Yeah. But they did not roll over and die. Yeah. BYU's going to bring it because they have to. They have to. Especially the offense. Are they going to a bowl game, Jerem? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the back half of the schedule? Who won Fantasy Friday? Jerem or myself. Also, we whip it. The recap of all of your BYU Cougars in the NFL. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thanks to today's guest, ESPN College Football Insider and National Champion College Football winner, Trevor Maddich. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. <coughs> Excuse me. Why is Mr. Maddich not ready to hit the panic button and not even close on BYU? In fact, why is he optimistic after the LSU game? These are questions that need answering. Uh, today on Coordinator's Corner as well, hosted by... Your boy, Spencer Linton, coming I'll up be at there. Eastern Time. Elias Tuiaki and Ty Detmer. Ty, will answer some questions about the BYU offense. Honestly, I am very excited for this episode because of what happened on Saturday. Yeah, and this, this isn't the first time that there's been, you know, this was like an epic performance in a negative way from the offense. So there's some questions, certainly. Yeah, this to is ask. the first time that this staff is dealing with the blowout. Yes, because it was a different staff in 2015 with Michigan. So. Yeah, the, the, last year's team was defined by close games. Defined by it. Seven of the first eight were a touchdown or less, which was crazy. Like, there was an NCAA record string of close games there. Uh, and now this is the first blowout. So, here we go. BYU was probably going to lose to LSU anyway. They were hoping. They had a puncher's chance going in there to New Orleans and whatnot. They lost that game not in amazing fashion, right? But it's, it's Utah this week. I'm so excited that it's Utah. Because they were already going to be up, and now there's a little extra juice in yeah. this one. Well, and, and Utah and is looking at BYU going, oh, it's going to be easy. It's agitated slash semi-angry Kalani Satake, which I love. We have yet to see that version of him. Saw it Saturday night. Yeah. Using words like inept, frustrated. Like, it, it was a new Kalani. He was, he was really open. He was really open. I appreciated the honesty. All right, my friends. It's time that we relive what happened on Friday, even though it's a hollow win-loss for Jeremy and myself with our fantasy picks. We're, we're still doing it. We're going on record. We're going to be held accountable. Fantasy Friday recap goes now. It's Fantasy Friday on BYU Sports Nation. You're not going to sing today? You're not going to sing the, the Michael Jordan song, Jeremy? <laughs> All right, to <laughs> update everyone. No, because I know what's about to happen. Jerem picked the BYU defense on Friday to be the fantasy winner on Saturday. Jerem, how'd you do, man? That good, huh? I've discovered a flaw in our system. We didn't have tackles for loss for the defense. There's no points for tackles for loss. If I had had tackles, so I had zero points, okay? Zero sacks, zero turnovers, 27 points allowed. We don't have any negative points for the defense, by the way. We probably should throw in something like if you give up X, whatever. Anyways, I had zero points. 
Zero points. There are no tackles for loss. BYU had four tackles for loss. If I have four tackles for loss, I win this week. That's a loss. Are we going to add that? That, that, is a, that is a gross oversight on the committee that put together the scoring and will be rectified this week. Wow. You're catering to Jerem? No, catering to the system. Okay, fine. One it's week actually, you're going to It's actually fair. Yeah. It's actually fair. We, we will get points for tackles for loss in there. I will, I, the, 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 the student committee that was in charge of this will be fired. The student committee. And we will bring, we will bring <laughs> back. We will rectify this wrong. Thank you. Can I make an appeal too then? I, no. I won with Matt Bushman, 43 yards receiving, but only two points. Can I get one point for every 10 yards receiving? No. What? Why? Can we? The committee got that one right. After further review, <laughs> the call on the field stands. Fine. I was targeted. They'll break that down tomorrow night at 7. Okay, you get your way, but because the rules were in play yeah. when it happened. I accept. Yeah, yeah. I'm now 2-0. and I'm a good sport. You are a good sport. Today. Yeah. Normally I'm not. <laughs> what, what are you going to come with next week? <laughs> I don't know, but. I need something different to help me win. This this is interesting too. Like this week, do either of us dare pick? I'm scared. Like tan, like Tanner Mangum or an offensive guy. Like whoever. Get, how do we decide who has first pick? By the way, is it who shows up to the meeting first? Well, okay, yeah, you you probably or, have the first. Pick. Like what is it? Or know. if you lost, if you lost, loser a loser gets, gets first. Pick. Pick. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it. You don't get a shoot for the ball like pickup. Yeah, yeah. Loser loser gets first. So pick. do I dare pick Tanner Mangum this week? I don't. I don't know. You tell what, me. What, what if the BYU offense explodes? That's that's the risk you have to take. I, I've got four days to think about. It. Yes, you do. Because if you don't pick him, then I'm probably going to pick. Him. <laughs> <laughs> what is your overreaction to the state of BYU football after two games? At Jelly Belly Kelly says the offense was clearly holding back so that Utah would have no good film. <laughs> Who cares about being shut out by number thirteen? Twelve and one. Here we come. Okay, that is an overreaction. Yeah, that is for that's sure. Blue goggle overreaction. Wow, Twelve and one looks good, doesn't it? Coming up, we whip it. What's the latest on the NFL waiver wire? Which Cougars still have NFL jobs? And which ones are still waiting to find out if they'll at least be on a practice squad? Got all the details next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B on the holiday. Thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler, a new between the lines on the rivalry with Utah. Greg Rubel, Brian Billick, Dennis Pitta, and Kyle Whittingham. Ah, yeah. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU lost to LSU 27-0 on Saturday in New Orleans. The Cougars were shut out for the second time in three years. 97 yards of total offense, never crossed the 50. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams, one of a few BYU Cougars to make an NFL 53-man roster. The Green Bay Packers chose him in the fourth round. You better believe he's going to play. But they cut quarterback Taysom Hill, took a chance. And guess what? Hill was claimed on waivers by the New Orleans Saints as the third-string quarterback. How about that? Undrafted free agent Harvey Longy made the Patriots, by the way, joining Kyle Vannoy. Michael Davis is on the Chargers practice squad. Been a couple guys waiting to see if they'll be picked up somewhere. Jordan Leslie, Mitch Matthews, DeAndre Wesley, Robertson Daniel, and Kai Nakua. Volleyball. Tenth-ranked BYU women's volleyball still unbeaten. They won the Boise State Classic with wins over Boise State, Missouri, and Sacramento State. Cougars, 6-0, ranked number 10. Number, or they used to be ranked women's soccer, lost to number one ranked UCLA, 1-0 Friday night. The ladies back at it today, 3 Eastern time, against 21st ranked Colorado on the road. Listen to the game on BYU Radio and the app at 3 Eastern time. Cougars in the PGA. 
Zach Blair finished the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship at Even Park, tied for 41st. Jerem? Thanks, maybe, Spencer. Or maybe I should just keep reading. You just keep reading. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to everyone involved um, with BYU Sports Nation. This is our four-year anniversary. Very exciting. We have a ton of fun here. Uh, starting with Michael Miner, the senior coordinating producer, and everyone on down, our producer Ben Bagley, and everyone involved in this. Thank you for all the hard work. It's been a fun uh, four years. Absolutely. Let's make it at least one more year. Absolutely. And let's uh, keep that trend <laughs> going of uh, when we have an anniversary show or a big show that coming off of a really weird loss that we blow out the team the next week. Yeah. I'll take a one-point win over said opponent this week. That we week. just win the game the next week. Yeah. Let's, let's, can we get the Max Hall curse broken? The curse of Max ever since his it, yeah. rant? It, it needs to go. We almost need to get Max on the show to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Ex- exercise those demons. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. What do you think after two games of BYU football? What's your overreaction to the state of the Cougars after two games? Let's get some tweets. Tweet, tweet. At BYU Pinoy, I'm still predicting an 11-3 season with a bowl game win. Hashtag Goku's, Goku's hashtag believe. Are you threatening to put on the blue goggles? Uh, yeah, because I'm like, whoa, wait, what? I'm like, they're like halfway on there. Our like that. Elite tweet of the day from at Talk to Boyd. Get our fiercest out there. Release the inner water boy of Mo <laughs> Just beat Utah. Water is better. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Mr. Coach Klein said I could. <laughs> no Colonel Sanders <laughs> You're wrong Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter Use the hashtag BYUSN As Jerem just said Audio podcast on iTunes For Jeremiah Spencer Shout out to Terry Baker Coordinators Corner in an hour on BYU Radio